movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks like pumpkin spice lattes, because it's fall, baby. As usual, my name is Rick Williams, and your very best good movie buddy. And with us, as usual, is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today? Technically, fall starts September 22nd. Shit. So, wait, summer goes all the way to almost the end of September? September? Yep. Well, not in movie season, it doesn't. The summer movie season is over. It basically ended mid-August, especially with the movies that that we saw. And so we are here to bridge the gap. We are here to usher out and say goodbye to the summer movie season that was and welcome the fall season, the fall-winter season, as some might call it awards season, Oscar season. And we're going to make some early, 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 way too early predictions. But before we do that, we got to talk about the summer. It's over. How'd you? How'd your summer go? I enjoyed it. Yeah? You know, it actually... I'll give it a solid B. A B? Yeah. Solid, okay. Solid maybe B+. Plus. I would say... Yeah, it was, I it, was really... it was heavy front loaded for me. It was very front. It was a very front loaded summer. Kind of tapered off near the end. August. There was some. There was some duds for me in it's late true. summer. It's true. Um, likewise, and so uh, I, I kind of number one. I wanted to go back to our original summer movie preview episode and analyze the box office predictions that we made and kind of talk about how how that actually turned out. And number two, I kind of wanted to just do a quick recap of some of our favorites of the summer all right so uh i mean just right off the bat what were some of your favorite movies of the summer or your favorite movie of the summer if we had to go all the way back and we're not including um infinity war uh we're talking what may i can't Mm -hmm. remember when the summer season actually starts but you get the idea um for me i think you know i think the star of the summer for me at least has to be, um, has to be MI, has to be Fallout. Fallout. Yep. Likewise. It's, uh, it was surprising. I mean, I was excited about it. And, you know, the one thing that you get from Tom Cruise is consistency. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't expecting like the best one of the franchise, arguably. Sure. Um, for me, it's right there with the first one. Um, so that was the the biggest surprise for me. I was very thankful some of the ones I looked for to deliver delivered. And Ant Man and the Wasp was great. Deadpool two was great. Yep. Um, so a lot of the ones that were high up on my anticipation uh, delivered for me. I wouldn't say there was a whole lot of um, other surprises. Sure. Um, in the positive way, there was some surprises in a negative way in for me. In a negative me. way. Um, but overall. Um, probably Deadpool 2, Incredibles 2, MI Fallout are all kind of runners up to, or uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp are all runners up to Fallout. To Fallout. Yeah, I agree. Fallout was, is just amazing. I mean, you can go back and, and listen to our Fallout episode. It's literally, I mean, especially after we've given it some time, it's one of the best action movies ever made. The, just the, the sequences that they put together are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so that is definitely at the top of my list. I, I want to take this opportunity to give a little love to Solo, 
which has been dragged through the shit, like everybody just ragging on it, where, you know, you get the people who have, have turned their backs on Star Wars and they're just like, well, this is because we boycotted. Or the people who just say it wasn't that wasn't that good. I enjoyed Solo quite a bit. Uh, granted, we're not talking about it that much anymore. It was a movie that came out relatively early in the summer and kind of kind of died off. It still made two hundred thirteen million dollars. It's still a top five summer movie, but it it certainly didn't reach the heights. It was like previously. It was like Thor of the of the Marvel universe for me, where it's like, yeah. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I think there was some great moments of it. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by some aspects. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, when time settles and we get more star Wars movies, it's probably going to be most near. likely end up near the bottom. Near the bottom. And that's not necessarily a knock on it. It's no. like picking the worst Marvel movie. Like, they're all pretty darn good. Right. So I mean, someone, there are someone some, has to be near the bottom. There are some bad Star Wars movies, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, Attack of the Clones is terrible. It's true. It's genuinely a bad film. I just block out those three movies. I just yeah, try not to think about I, I them. I can see that. Um, so I definitely wanted to give some love there as well. And then I also wanted to bring up a couple of the smaller movies that we saw during the summer that didn't make uh, uh, the, the the big box office numbers, but you and I saw Upgrade, which is a, a solid little sci-fi action movie. Mm -hmm. I saw Tully, which was amazing and made me uh, not want to have kids at all, um, <laughs> but it was so well-made and so well-directed. And so there's a lot. there was a lot of good movies that came out. I saw Black Klansman this last week. Oh, you did? I did. How'd you think? How'd you like it? It was solid. I I don't think I think it got a little too hyped up for for my liking. Okay. Um, you know Adam Driver's great as usual. As usual, um, that guy works with every big director. It's but, wild. But uh, it, it it definitely had some 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 glaring issues in my opinion. With it. But this isn't a Klansman episode. It's true. I give it like a solid. <laughs> if if we're doing, if, it is definitely not a Klansman episode. <laughs> if, Holy shit! If I was to give it a quick popcorn rating, it'd probably be like th three and a and a soda. Three and a soda. Okay. Maybe All right. maybe four. It's borderline. Well, let's talk about let's let's use that as a bridge then into our least favorite movies of the summer. Now, David, I I had a rough August. If I'm being honest with you, you know this. Our listeners know this. Um, probably two of my least favorite movies of the summer came out in August. And again, this is just my opinion. If you like these movies, more power to you. I'm glad that you found joy in it. But Christopher Robin was just so maddening to me. And and that was one of the very few movies. And you know this. This doesn't happen to me often. But one of the few movies that made me like actively frustrated, and um, su you know, super disappointed with the Happy Time Murders. Like that was just again, maybe I wouldn't go so far as to call it a bad film, but it was certainly a big, big letdown. Um, did you were were you let down, or, or are you on the same camp there? Do you have any other ones to throw in? I know you and I shared similar opinions. Yeah, those two would definitely be the first ones that that come to mind. Um, I will also say for me personally, one that let me down a little bit would also be Jurassic World. Oh, that's um, right. You, it's not. It's, you were a little bit of a contrarian. Again, on this one. it's it's not that it's a. Oh my gosh, that was the worst movie ever. 
Um, I just felt like it was a step back compared to Jurassic World, um, the first one that we got. So yeah. uh, it was a step back like uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World was a step back from Jurassic Park. Sure. So, Has its um, moments. You know, for me, I was hoping we'd, we'd continue kind of on the the up and up, but I feel like, as we've talked about before, you got most of the movie from the trailers. It's true. Um, way too much in the trailers. Way too much. And and so I think that probably was a, a big part of why I was left a little bit disappointed because there wasn't much I didn't know was coming because it all came in the trailers. It was all there. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, the, I think, you know, definitely in August felt more so than usual felt like a really down note. We really ended on a whimper in August. Um, as far as surprises, good or bad, what were some of your biggest surprises, whether they be quality, whether they be success, um, whatever it is, a couple, like if you could pick what surprised you in the summer, well, like, what would you, what would you pick? I, I think for me, uh, it's still just Mission Impossible is the biggest one that that pops to mind. Um, again, not that I was expecting bad, um, but I feel like all the movies that we've gotten Mission Impossible wise for the last six or seven years have all kind of been the same level. Right. Like none of them Solid. really, none of them really stick out. That's probably why it's hard for people to remember which one came in which order and, right. and which storylines were in which movie. Uh huh. Um, so when this one kind of popped and, and was like really, really good, um, that was a surprise to me. Other than that, um, I would say it wasn't the biggest surprise. I mean, if, if we're really thinking about it, but mm -hmm. I was a... I was surprised with Christopher Robin how much of like a downer the majority of the movie was. Okay. Like, um, I expected a little bit more, you know, fun to it than than what we got in it. So, sure. um, those are the first two that come to the come to mind. I mean, I kind of was already <laughs> thinking that Happy Time Murders would either go really well <laughs> or really bad, yeah. and it leaned more towards really bad. Unfortunately, so, um, but those are the ones that come to mind to me. All right. Um, as far as surprises for me, I don't really want to talk about good or bad, um, although certainly the movies that, that I mentioned and you mentioned, Fallout was was so surprising at how good it was, um, and the, Christopher Robin was so surprising at how disappointing it was. Um, two of my big surprises were Crazy Rich Asians and The Meg. Now, despite our proclivity for Statham and Sharks, you and I did not have a lot of faith in the success of the Meg. Um, and we were proven wrong. That movie's made $132 million. That movie's made over $400 million worldwide. We're going to get a Jason Statham Giant Shark sequel, which I'm all in on. Um, hopefully they can embrace some of the schlock a little bit more. But I got I to gotta be honest. I'm genuinely surprised that that movie ended up making $132 million. Likewise with Crazy Rich Asians. Like that movie is a movie that has just been a freaking shooting star through August. And that is really kind of what brought, brought August up. And just in terms of being surprised by a romantic comedy, being surprised at how good it made me feel and how well-made it was and how big of a straight-up freaking phenomenon it was. Um, really, really, like, good surprise uh, for that. Um, so definitely very, very happy about I, that. I would add one more surprise. It's okay. a shocker to me that 
and this probably leads into our next thing, that Incredibles 2 just dominated. dominated. Like, the closest to it is almost 200 million and probably will end up 200 million less than what it made. Highest grossing, uh, highest grossing animated film of all time. The third, if I'm not mistaken, the third Disney movie this year to make over $600 million at the box office. Like, Disney's really good at this making commercially successful movies business. Um, How much is Toy Story going to make when it comes out? The Toy Story 4? I, I mean, it's it, this, this number is in play. For sure. This number is in play, for sure. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, all in all... Uh, a good summer, a fun summer, uh, not without its ups and downs, but uh, but yeah, um, and and that kind of gives way to David's favorite part of the year, which is where the prestige pictures start coming into play. Now, now don't you know, you know, don't get me wrong, like we're still gonna get kind of those crowd pleasers, those genre pictures, like we got the Predator coming out. We got, you know, a house with a clock in its walls. We got um, Venom. Like, we still got some good Goosebumps. genre movies, Bad Times at the El Royale. But, David, I know that you particularly are a huge fan of the prestige pictures, right? Oh, absolutely. Is this a little too early for you? It's a little too early for me. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like waking you up too early in the morning. Um, oh, you know what? I completely forgot. We were, I, I gave you the we're moving, I gave you the lead in we're moving saying too Incredibles fast. two was the, You're right. the top one. We're moving too fast. I'm uh I'm going I'm getting ahead of myself. That's all right. Um we gotta go back to our competition. We we do so many damn competitions, you and I, that it's important to to actually follow through with them. Although I think David, you and I ultimately like tied with this. I think I won. How do you okay, all right. Depends how depends how you judge this. It's true. It is. De- it, it, it does depend on how you judge it. But you and I made predictions at the beginning of the summer for the box office, the top ten box office of the summer. Um, for number one, we both had Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. For number two, we both had Solo. For number three, we both had Deadpool. For number four, we both had Incredibles. Five and six, we split. We we switched. I had Fallout at five and Ant Man at six. You had Ant Man at five, Fallout at six. I had Ocean's Eight at seven. You had Skyscraper. I had Skyscraper at eight. You had Hotel Transylvania three. I had Tag at nine. You had Ocean's Eight at nine. And then at ten, I had Christopher Robin and you had Equalizer two. And then I had a couple of extra ones. I had Mama Mia in there. I had Transylvania in there. I had the Meg in there as well. The actual top 10 in order was The Incredibles 2, $604 million. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, $415 million. Deadpool 2, $318. Ant Man 2, $214. Solo, $213. Mission Possible Fallout, $212. Hotel Transylvania 3 at $164. Ocean's 8 at $139. Crazy Rich Asians at 136 and The Meg at 132. Now, there's some interesting things about this, such as we're, you know, we're squaring up right now, but definitely within the next day or two, at least another weekend, Mission Impossible Fallout is going to skip ahead of Ant-Man and the Wasp and it's going to skip ahead of Solo and it's going to move to number four, Mm -hmm. which would then put Ant-Man and the Wasp at number five 
which is what you had it at. It's true. But as we look at it right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, the ones that you had correct, and I think you're right, I think you did win. Um, we had Deadpool 2 correct at number three, and then you currently have Mission Impossible Fallout correct at number six. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us have any other ones correct. The way I look at it, personally, yes, my total box office numbers of the movies I have listed in the top ten okay. beats your top ten total box office. Interesting. Mostly because... You hated on Adam Sandler in Hotel Transylvania. It's true. And it made the top 10. Also, you put your faith in Tag and Christopher Robin. I did. And Equalizer 2 beat both of those. So I had two that, well, Equalizer 2 is 12, so it's sitting just outside the top 10. I mean, we both whiffed on Skyscraper. Skyscraper we, we was a wash. We both we both whiffed on yeah. that. We both believed into the in the rock. Far too much. Far too much. At least domestically. Internationally, domestically. still he's still going strong. It's true. I guess we probably should have established like what what I'm just gonna take the ga- W. What gauges as well. I don't think I think <laughs> I think by your definition and my definition, you still won. Yes. So I, I think the W is in hand. Um I'm trying to figure out if there's a way I possibly <laughs> could win. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. I don't think Christopher Robin's going to have a huge surge. Although, it, it could it could definitely make it. Well, it's not going to get another 40 million. No, it's you're, not going to get not, another 40 you're million. You're not getting there. <laughs> no. Um I do like that David though. We're going to have to circle back to this again and we're going to have to establish better rules for okay. for for what the winner is because if I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have put my faith in Tag as much. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, so, yes. So, the the Oscar, or I'm sorry, the summer box office predictions, the victory goes to David. Congratulations. I rebounded after losing the Oscar predictions. That's true. Um, that's good. That's a good comeback for you. Uh, so, there's now there's y'all. Take your setup there, and let's talk about Oscar predictions. Um we, so the funny thing, David, is we started doing our way too early Oscar predictions last year when we had infinitely less listeners. Um, and so if you are interested, you should definitely go back and check that out and see. We do the updates every couple of months or so where our nominees evolve and um, and they actually we pick people, we drop them, things like that. We kind of it's like setting our fantasy lineups, essentially. And we always advertised this, or we always thought that these this was way too early, right? Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of like film media and and news, it's really not. There are some websites out there that have been taking tally of the 2019 Oscars ever since the 2018 Oscars ended, ever since the summer. So I wouldn't go so far as to say these are the the way 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 too early. But they definitely are the early, early, early Oscar predictions. And we look at the uh, top six awards and make our predictions. Those are the four acting categories. Those are uh, director and picture. Those are the predictions that we make and we go through. And the, right now is the, the, the really, really interesting time for, uh, at least for me, I don't know about you. I don't know how much you're reading up about uh, the Toronto Film Festival, even though it is in your homeland. Oh, I read. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but the festivals are in full swing right now. We got Toronto International Film Festival going. TIFF, 
uh, for the shorthand, and all the all the movies are getting screened there, and people are reviewing them left and right, and there and we're starting to see sort of the pecking order begin to form for what you know the big strong movies are going to be, and you know one of the biggest ones was First Man. Damien Chazelle's follow-up to La La Land about Neil Armstrong and the space program with Ryan Gosling. Everybody's saying it's a phenomenal film. Same thing with A Star is Born. Everybody's predicting that that movie is going to be massive, and that's the front runner. Um, Bradley Cooper's uh, uh, a passion project, if you will. Um, but you're also getting movies, kind of how the ones that we expected were getting the boy movies, which is The Beautiful Boy and Boy Erased. Um, big strong acting pushes for the casts of those films. We're getting Destroyer, which I'm actually super interested in. It's a Nicole Kidman det- detective noir film. And you know how much I love my detective films, David. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested in that. Likewise, talking about crime movies, Widows is apparently really, really good. Steve McQueen directed 12 Years a Slave, and now he's back making this heist movie with Viola Davis. I'm there for it. We got the Sisters Brothers, a Western with an absolutely stacked cast. You got Riz Ahmed, John C. Riley, Jake Gyllenhaal, Joaquin Phoenix. And then you get, you know, a couple of the other smaller ones that aren't getting as high of a conversation, but like Green Book with Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, the front runner with Hugh Jackman, and then If Beale Street Could Talk, which is um, the follow-up uh, to to the director of Moonlight is following up. Um, Barry Jenkins following up Moonlight with this film. So there's been talk. There's been conversation um, about some of these movies and other movies that haven't even come out yet. So there's a few guesses in our predictions. But, David, we're going to start our predictions, and I'll go ahead and I'll go to you, and I'll have you lead off with Best Supporting Actress. And I didn't show my nominations to you, and I'm not, I don't know, have any idea what you're going to say right now. So, yeah, that's true. We never... Barely, very, very rarely do we know what each other are going to say. Um, so, Best Supporting Actress, you got five spots to fill. Who do you got? Five spots. This one was, uh, you know, this is all just a shot in the dark at Absolutely. this point. Absolutely. Some are some educated, some not, you know, some based purely on um, talent involved, you know. All right. So, leading off for me... Uh, in no particular order at this time, or right. are we going in particular order right now? Eh, no particular, no front runners or okay. anything like that. We'll do that when it's time to predict the winners. All right, uh, I'm going first. Claire Foy, first man. Okay. Uh, second, Regina King, if Beale Street could talk. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Michelle Yeoh. Okay, Crazy Rich Asian. Crazy Rich Asian. Okay. Um, I'm going to give love to um, Nicole Kidman. Okay. Boy Erased. Boy Erased. And I need one more, right? Yep. We'll go ahead and and go to uh, a mainstay in the in the acting nominations. We'll go Emma Stone and The Favorite. The Favorite. I know you're very excited for The Favorite. I'm super pumped. The, 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 I don't know that the sarcasm necessarily bleeds through in a way that, that the people who know us <laughs> do this, but suffice it to say, David is not excited for The Favorite. Mm. Um, I have three of the same nominees. Okay. I have Nicole Kidman for Boy Erased. I have Emma Stone for The Favorite, and I have Claire Foy for First Man. 
My other two nominees went to films that haven't been shown yet. Amy Adams in Vice, which is formerly known as Backstreet, and that's Adam McKay's uh, Dick Cheney movie. And Margot Robbie for Mary Queen of Scots. Again, two films that, that haven't been screened yet, um, but based purely on potential alone. I'm going with those. I like it. Uh, supporting actor, I have a couple of, of uh, most of these names we've seen in the last couple of years. First and foremost, I would be genuinely, at this point in time, I'd be shocked if they don't give Timothy Chalamet his Oscar for Beautiful Boy right now. He's gone. He he's gone from um, he's gone from Call Me by Your Name to now he's playing a meth addict. This is a great way to win Oscars. He's young. He's hot. He's popular. David, I know you're super excited about. Didn't we say that about Eddie Redmayne a couple when he was making Oscar true, bait but, movies every year? But he won. I know. Eventually he won. All he had to do was play a paraplegic genius with a, dis, uh, a, 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 a degenerative disorder. Meth. All right. Timothy Chalamet, Continue. beautiful boy. Continue. I also have Sam Rockwell for Vice. I'm very high on Vice right now, purely on concept alone. I'm very high. Um, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, throwing him in there. Uh, Mahershala Ali for Green Book, bring another Academy Award winner back. And then Daniel Kaluuya for, for Widows. I'm actually really excited to see him in Widows because he looks like he's playing this psychotic henchman guy, and I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. So those are my five for supporting actor. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. First and foremost, needs to be said. <laughs> okay. You left off the most important nominee. Okay. Which is Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. I mean, I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. What does he need to do? What more does he need to do? Come don't, on. Don't be in a superhero. Don't get me started, David. All right. So that's number one. Don't get me started. You, you were missing. All right, I'm, uh, I'm happy to miss that one. Number two, I'm gonna go this guy we've we we haven't seen a whole lot of in a long time. Okay. Big name. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking <sighs> about Russell Crowe. Oh. For Boy Erased. For Boy Erased. Okay. Russell Crowe getting back into the awards conversation. We'll see. Okay. Um, Coming out right. of the woods. I'm gonna go Sam Elliott, A Star Is Born. Ooh, I like this. I like that shot a lot. Actually. I uh going to go Timothy Chalamet. Um, you can't deny it. You can't deny it. I'm aware. Leave me alone. Can't do okay. it. Okay. And I got one more, right? Uh yes. All right. My last one, I actually had uh I'm I'm taking a long shot. I could go with the easy one. Okay. Because I think Daniel Kaluuya, uh maybe Maybe there. I think Adam Driver, I like it. Sure. As well. I even considered Hugh Grant going all the way back to Paddington. Ooh. But I'm going with my boy. I'm, I'm Since it's early, I'm sticking true to my boy. I'm going Ben Foster, Leave No Trace. Ooh, very interesting. Leave No Trace is, is one of those quiet, small movies um, that could to, could wind up getting a lot of love. Um, particularly in the acting categories. While All right. We're t- while we're taking shots in the dark, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with people I so like. So we only had one matchup on that one. We only had Chalamet on mm-hmm. that. Okay, cool. Um, next one, best actress. I'll have you start with best actress on this one. There's right. a lot of interesting possibilities for best actress this year. There are, and it's not quite. I feel like we have a lot of different names than than previous years. True. At least in my opinion. Eh, like, I got a few. Like. Okay. Anyways, we'll uh, we'll keep moving on. Uh, I'm going to go first. 
I feel like Lady Gaga is going to get a nomination. Yep. I don't know. I don't think she's going to win it. Okay. But I think she's going to get a nomination. All right. Um, also, another like long-term veteran that's that might come back into the limelight. Uh huh. Glenn Close, the wife for the wife. Big talk. Never won an Academy Award. One of our greatest living actresses has never won an Oscar. Meryl Streep's over here winning all the Oscars, but Glenn Close, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go Viola Davis for Widows. Widows. Nice. Okay. And I got one more or two more. Two more. I two more. All right, two more. Uh, next one, I'm going for, uh, for some reason, I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot about it, but everywhere I research, her name's coming up, yep. which is hard for me to believe, given that I just watched her in a puppet movie. I know, I knew but you were going there. Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yep, big, big rave reviews from Melissa McCarthy on this one. And my last one that I'm going to fill in, this one's a complete shot in the dark, but okay. the movie itself is getting a lot of love, so it's pretty hard. Uh, to think that it's not going to get some acting nominations, and I don't really have it in, in a lot of other ones. And I almost left it off because I don't have a clue how to say the name, <laughs> but it's like Yalitza Aparicio for Roma. Oh, Roma. Okay, interesting. That's a, okay, okay. Listen, she's so unknown that on Gold Derby, which is the site that you and I use to track predictions yes. and that, they don't even have a picture of her. Okay. They just have the the, the uh, movie's poster for it. All right. But Roma's getting a lot of love, so I feel like if it's getting a lot of love, then someone from that movie's going to get nominated. And, Maybe I'm wrong. And but. with Quran, he's got a history of having his actresses get nominated exactly. as well. Um, I am four out of five in match with you. Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, Melissa McCarthy, Viola Davis. I'm actually doubling up on my Nicole Kidman action here. Okay. I think Nicole Kidman is going to come in with Destroyer. Um, That of uh, right now, that is the one I am weakest on. I'm not as uh, uh, bullish on Destroyer. Um, Is that like when we threw Marky Mark in for? uh... Yeah, when we we had our hopes and dreams. Although, less so. Nicole Kidman is an Academy Award winning actress. It ain't no Marky Mark coming in. He was in. in the fighter. He was an Academy Award nominated actor, yeah. so give Come him a little now. credit there. Um, all right, good. I like that. That's a good list, um, and I'm glad you and I are very. That's quite the opposite of our supporting actors <laughs> categories, where we're all the same. Um, best actor was really tough. I almost um, considered going six nominees. As a matter of fact, I'm going to change one right now. Um, because stop I, breaking the rules. I'm changing one literally, uh, literally right as we're talking here. But I have my five. First and foremost, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, big big buzz out of there. Um, and then the one I just put in, I'm putting in Steve Carell for Beautiful Boy. Okay. I hear I hear that those two performances are going to be the big selling point of that film. Mm. Um, I hear that it's kind of shaggy in other parts. Um, I'm also going Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased. That kid's been around. That kid feels like he's in every little Oscar freaking indie movie. He was in. He was in Lady Bird. He was in Manchester by the Sea. He's in Boy Erased. I just want this guy to do a comedy. Like it's okay. It's okay to do an action movie too. Um, I have. This is a deep cut. 
but I think Ethan Hawke in First Reformed is going to get some love. Okay. A lot of talk about his performance. I don't like it, but okay. And then my last one is, again, based purely on potential. High upside pick. Christian Bale as Dick Cheney Ooh. in Vice. I do like it. Gained a lot of weight. Transformative performance. Very interested to see what he has He's going on He's also getting there. love for Backseat. Same movie. Oh, is ba- it? Yeah, oh. so Backseat was the original name or oh, okay. the working title, and they just announced literally a couple days ago. No, I know all my sites Backseat was, so I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, Vice. Some, some have not changed it yet, uh, there you so go. That's, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's my five. Okay, okay. Um, very good five. Uh, one you were missing is, and I always forget how to say his name, Okay, but Rami Malek. Malik, Malik. Yep, somewhere around that. Come on, that's who I replaced with Steve Carell. Bohemian Rhapsody. That's who I replaced. Come on, Freddie Mercury. I know. I, you you know. I we've, ha- we've been waiting for a while for that good biopic. That's true. We haven't Oscar. had one. We haven't had a biopic Oscar in a while. We've been holding out for one. There was Bohemian a run Rhapsody. on him. There was a run on there him was in the two thousands where you play a real person and you get an Oscar. Exactly. Okay, I'm into it. So that's kind of a reoccurring theme here um, <laughs> for me. So uh, a fictional biopic. I, I don't actually. I'm not even going to claim to know if there's a true story or not a true story on this. But Bradley Cooper, a star is born, getting lots of hype. Okay. Um, so he's on my list as well. All right. Um, also on there, we've got Ryan Gosling. I let. Yep. I, that was first a, man. That was a tough scratch for me. I was gonna say you're all over that movie. I'm surprised. It I wasn't know on there. that was a real tough scratch. You went for with me. your brain and not your heart. I think there's gonna be a little Chazelle backlash, which I don't like. I don't care for it. I've been hyped for First Man for a long time, but I could see it happening. I had Christian Bale um, for Vice or Backseat. Backseat as it was formerly, aka. AKA. Called and I've got one more, right? You have who did you say? Bradley Cooper, uh, Rami Malek, Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, and you got one more. So this one, this one came down to two people for me. Okay, it came down to either going with my heart with Chadwick. Okay, for Black Panther, no chance. But I felt like. His acting was secondary to Michael B. Jordan. So that's why I went with Michael B. Jordan for supporting. Okay. Um, So I went with, as my pick, last one for the actor. I went with another, I feel like, Oscar bait film, another movie, uh, another actor that every year seems to make, like that movie that you think is maybe going to be an Oscar movie. Sure. But he really hasn't gotten many nominations there. Okay. Going Hugh Jackman, the front runner. Big talk about this performance. Big, mm-hmm. big talk. They just released the trailer not too long ago. Really interesting story based on a true story. Yep. Playing a real person. That's what I'm talking a about. A guy with demons. Told a guy, you there was a theme. An imperfect man. Um, I like the, that pick. The uh, the world is thirsty for more politics, more, right? <laughs> more politics. Yeah, man. God. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, if Michael B. Jordan gets nominated, I'm going to be hyped as shit. For it, we'll see. We'll see if it happens. It's happening. Um, all right, uh, I'll let you lead off with best director. Then, um, lot, lot of really interesting possibilities for best director. Some of which I agree with. Some of which not so much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we'll see. Who do you got for your best director? Number one, I got Bradley Cooper making yep. his, I believe it's his directorial debut. It is. Number he put one. a lot. He he cashed in all of his Hollywood clout, like all everything he's been building up from Wedding Crashers to Limitless to the A Team to the Guardians of the Galaxy money. He cashed it in to make this movie. It's true. So, and to hear it getting such rave reviews is great. I think you're it's right. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Um, another one going with my heart, and I think they're I think they're gonna do it. I'm going Coogler oh, for man, Black Panther. That'd be so good. Uh, number three, uh, Alfonso for, uh, for Roma. Alfonso Cuaron uh, of Gravity. Yep. Number four, I've got, uh, who is my number four? I had, um, Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Yep. And last but not least, number five for me was, uh, Steve McQueen. Widows for widows. Okay, very nice. I, you know, the other ones in running were Barry Jenkins Mm -hmm. as well as, um, oh, what's his name, Damien, Damien Chazelle. Yep. But uh, like you, I think there's going to be a little bit of, a little bit of backlash, which is is one of the stupid parts that we hate about the Oscars. But it is what it is. We're gonna we're gonna definitely do a Rick hates the or we hate the Oscars podcast (laughs) as much as we love it. There are so many things that I find wrong with it. Um, I had three out of the five. I had Cooper, I had Cuaron, and I had Spike Lee as well. Um, Despite the fact that I do think there's going to be a slight Chazelle backlash, still got him on my list. Um, Everything I've heard about this film is that it's it's really, really excellent. And so I'm super excited to hear it. And then, again, if, if you didn't see me high on it already, I got Adam McKay, who lest we forget, directed one of our favorite Best Picture nominees of the past few years, uh, The Big Short, Adam McKay's directing the Dick Cheney movie Vice. Can't say lest we forget, because all I want to do is, we're still in the middle of the freaking desert. Oh, man. Um, It's true, though. It's true. I think I'm really high on Vice. I'm, I'm probably too high on Vice. I like Vice. I would love if it gets lots of love. I would also love that. Um, and that leads us to the final category, Best Picture. Anywhere between five and ten nominees. For those of you who don't know, I believe ever since the Oscars went to this anywhere between five and ten, they have not had ten. They've always had eight or nine. Didn't they go the first year? Well, they did three years where they had ten. They mm-hmm. did five, and then for three years they did ten, and those years were really great. Mm-hmm. And then they changed it, and they said anywhere between 5 and 10. And ever since then, I have been crabby with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't hit 10 since they changed that. Um, all right, so I have my 9 right now. Uh, I don't. I did not go the full 10. Mm. Some of these I'm not super uh, high on, um, but I'm interested in them. I tried to put a diverse group of nominees together. Okay. So... I have, top of the list, First Man getting the nomination. I have If Beale Street Could Talk doing Chazelle and Jenkins dueling with each other once again. I got Black Panther on there. I don't, Good. I don't think About time you give it some love. I, <laughs> I think Black Panther is going to take Disrespected. I know. I know. It is. You're right. But I've been burned before, David. I'm a jilted lover right now. <laughs> 
I've been hurt, and I don't want to get hurt again. So I'm I'm treating Black Panther as the Mad Max of this year, which which bodes well for Coogler. Maybe not so for the nominees, the other nominees. Um, I got Panther on there. I got A Star Is Born. I got Roma. First Reformed put on there as well. Probably going to pull that one. I just don't think it has enough clout. I think Ethan Hawke's going to be one of the big selling points of that. I got The Front Runner, Politics. Vice, Politics. And Black Klansman as my nine nominees for Best Picture. Okay. All right. Well, I I used all ten because if you're going to give me ten, I'm going to take ten. That's, that's true. And I have also what I would love to be the nominees because there's quite diverse there's list true. here. So I'm going to lead off with what should be listed first, which is Black Panther. Yep. Okay. Uh, second. I respect that. I have First Man. Okay. Then I have Roma. Okay. Uh, I then have uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay. I have Widows. And I have A Star Is Born. How many at? Yep, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. All right, we'll keep going then. Uh, I have. Um, all right, this is where I get a little. Well, I'll give you one more one that you've already said. Uh, we'll go Black Klansman. Okay, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Uh, then we start getting a little bit more interesting. I'm just gonna throw them right at you. We're gonna go. I'm gonna do Crazy Rich Asians. Oh God. Dark Horse, come on. We're, I mean, we're, we're expanding our horizons. If they were, everybody loves it. Listen, I'd be into it. If it happened, I'd be into it. I know. All right. Uh, the favorite. Ugh. If we're gonna give it a bunch of acting love, then I don't see how it gets left off of Best Picture. So, okay. Uh, that's next on mine. That's eight, right? That's nine. You got oh, one more. I got more. nine. All right. Well, then my last one in in another out of the box choice. Mm-hmm. Given Jim Halpert some love, I'm going to Quiet Place. A quiet Place. It's now, gonna it's gonna be my split of this year. I mean, I would throw. Oh, that's that's not bad. Um, I would love to throw a Quiet Place on there. I would love to throw Incredibles two on there, and I would love to throw Mission Impossible Fallout on there. I just don't. I mean, I'm not picking what I would like to see. I'm picking what I think is gonna make it. In a just world, we would get that is diverse. That is diversity. We're getting a top-of-the-line action film, a top-of-the-line horror film, a top-of-the-line animated film, on top of your little character dramas, your musicals, your family pieces, your political films, your space movies, all of that stuff. That's diversity. That's. I, th- I think we're going to have it this year. That's what I want. I think positive. I'm a half glass, uh, glass half full Kind of guy. I'm just. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna list off some of those right now. Just. I love. I love the idea of Mission Impossible Fallout getting it. I love your nomination for A Quiet Place, even though I don't think there's a chance in hell. It's gonna be this year's Split. I'm that calling it gets. It. Yeah, but Split didn't get nominated. What did Split get nominated for? I thought Split got nominated for some stuff. I, I think. Did it get nominated? No. Well, I mean, Get Out. Like it could be this year's Get Out. Sure. Without all go. the social commentary. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I would love to see that kind of stuff happen. Will it happen? I don't know. We'll see. But that's a good starting list, David. I respect it. I appreciate it. Um, And now, fortunately, we don't have to talk about prestige movies next week. Because next week, this week, this weekend, this upcoming weekend, 
We're talking the Predator. I'm very excited for that. That's going to do it for this uh, This predictions. are way, way, way too early predictions. Before we go, as always, I want to remind you that you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. Don't forget, you can get this podcast, this podcast that you're listening to right now, delivered to your smartphone, to your device, for free. If you're driving the right kind of car, you can get it delivered to your car for free. Are we not allowed to say Tesla? I guess Tesla, but doesn't like Ford have like uh, like built in like Apple stuff now as well? I don't know. I don't know. But if you're driving a new car, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, give us five stars, write a review, share with your friends. We want to build the community. And then, of course, you can go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com for all of our latest reviews, all of our latest articles, predictions and episodes. But for this episode, we are done. For the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we're going to see you next week as we talk Shane Black's The Predator on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.